Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen. And joining me this week from Chicago, Illinois, are Brandon Shockney. Hello. And Justine Kruger. Hi. We're going to be talking... <laughs> very happy. That was very good. Very friendly. <laughs> <laughs> this week we'll be talking about Brandon and Justine's show, titled Brandon and Justine Level Up. Currently going on IO Theater in Chicago, and they're going to talk us through a little bit of like the production process and like what their influences were, and any challenges that might have come up during the production. And we'll just also talk about some games. Yes. As a quick reminder, so many bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com. Now, usually to start the show, uh, we'll go over like what games we're playing right now. But uh, since you guys have never been on before, welcome. First off, thank you. Thanks. I, I just want to know a little bit about your. Like, gaming history. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, you know, when did you start gaming? Uh, like, what games you like? What system you like? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Cool. Uh, so, uh, right. Justine, would you mind starting? Sure. Um, so, well, I grew up playing um, video games. And uh, mostly Nintendo. Um, but then now, like, I focus... Most of everything I do is on the Wii U because I've gotten really into Mario Maker and building my own levels. Um, I recently just went through Shovel Knight, um, which was awesome. And I highly recommend it to anybody that, like, enjoys platforming games. Um, it was really fun and in-depth, enjoyable and difficult. I don't know if you've played. I it's have. really hard. I played it on the 3DS. I had a lot of trouble with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of, I don't know, is that detailed enough? No, that is super detailed. Okay. I, would, I would love to try some of your Mario Maker levels at some point. They're hard. I found, or my boyfriend found a website that shows you where your levels line up, like, within the difficulty level, and I have one that's, like, super expert that I know. But I don't think it's that hard. I feel like people just give up. I'm really bad at those, uh, like, old school style of games that, like, kind of jump and uh, platform, like, really classic platformers like shovel not like shovel knight's like one of those right and like um what is it ghosts and goblins oh that's brutal right yeah like those type of kind of side scrolling like platforms i'm very i can't do those i'm very bad at those um but i'm sorry to interrupt no that's okay you're really good at games that don't hurt you, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, that's if right. If you, you oh. walk around and explore a world, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. nothing kills you. Oh, I love story-driven games. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. See, I, I, my um, family was very much like a, we don't want to give Brandon video games as a child because then he won't go play, right? That was like the mentality. So I didn't have, like, uh, growing up, I had, like, portable game stuff. Like, I was big on Game Boy um, I had every version of the Game Boy that came out. I, like, traded in the old Game Boy for the new one. So I had, like, the big fat Game Boy. Then I had the Game Boy Pocket. Then I had the Game Boy Color. Then I had, like... The Advance. Uh, yeah, the, the Advance. The, uh, like, the whole um, plethora of Was that Game the Boys. progression? Did it go from a Game Boy Pocket to a Game Boy Color? Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, Game the Game Boy, Boy in Game Boy color. Pocket was just cool. I was thinking the was, like, plastic portable. colored one. Oh, no. Which is what I had. I had a green. I had, like, the, I had, like, a big blocky white Game Boy that was really fat and had, like, the AA batteries in the back. Mm -hmm. And then I had a smaller version of just the regular Game Boy that was, like, clear. Remember when that was cool? It's like you could see inside of the Game Boy. (laughs) Uh, so I had one of those. And then I had, like, a silver, like, Game Boy Pocket. Um, and of course I played, like, Pokemon and, uh, Zelda were, like, the big ones that I would play. Um, on those, uh, and then finally I got an N64. It was like my first big system, um, and that was 
kind of life changing. I was like, yes, finally mine, because I would always be like playing at like friends' houses and stuff. So this one was mine. Um, and then Star Fox was like my first game I had, so I played the crap out of Star Fox, um, which was great. Um, it was so fun. And then uh, from there, you know, I, I kind of that's where I stopped Nintendo wise. In terms of consoles, like I never got like a GameCube. I was never like interested in those. Well, nobody's um, perfect. But... Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I switched over to like Sony. So I was big on like PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, and now, you know, I have a PlayStation 4 that I play mostly. Yeah, I can see the idle window, idle screen here for PlayStation yes. 4 right now. Yes, I was playing Fallout 4 right before you came over here. You saw me quit. Fallout 4. <laughs> I don't know if you know rich. anything about Fallout 4, but it's really an experience. Right. We do mention Fallout 4 in our show. Um, <laughs> thanks to me, I wrote a line about Fallout 4. Um, yeah, but uh, I'm obsessed with the Fallout franchise. You can see I have a Pip-Boy on display here because I got the like special edition version of Fallout 4. So that's like my go-to franchise. I played Fallout 3 for hours and hours and hours. Oh, same here, man. Yeah. Same. And, like, I played the expansions. I played, like, mm-hmm. Skyrim. Yes. I, like see, that. Skyrim, I had the horrible habit of starting over. I would, like, <laughs> let Skyrim go for a little while, and I'd be like, well, I forget what I was doing, so it's just easier to start over a brand new adventure. I did that, like, four times. Do you know what you're doing in Skyrim? You walk left. <laughs> Whatever you find left is where you're supposed to be. That's right. <laughs> it's so intimidating. These games are getting so intimidating. Like, Fallout 4 is... So expansive to the point where I'm like, I have too much to do and it's stressing me out. Like, I'm like, my character is stressed because he doesn't know which things should rank in importance, um, like of the 40 tasks I have to do. It's like way too, too much. I love watching people play games like that because you know when you have, like, your option of choices based off of, like, the prompts that people give you? So I, I love to see what people choose. Because mm-hmm. I've been watching Justin go through it, and I'm like, that's not what I would have picked. Do you uh, do you feel like in... Because I'm always curious about this when people play video games. I, I always tend, if there's, like, a good or a bad choice, like, I always lean to, the, like, the side of the good because I want to be good. But yeah. some, some people use that as, like, their outlet to be like, I'm going to be the most terrible version of who I can be through this video game because I can't do it in real life. Oh, wow, that's deep. Do you, do you do, (laughs) are you like, I wish you had done the bad choice because that was fun. That would be more funny. Well, I don't, I don't think like not very often do I see it as like a good or bad choice, Mm -hmm. but I think that I try to do something that is most active. Mm -hmm. So like something that's going to like produce an action imminently as Mm -hmm. opposed to like something that might be for like a bigger goal in the long run. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that, no, I, that does make sense. I, I, I've seen that uh, one time, like in Dragon Age, I was playing, and the scenario is like you have to like help the forest elves or help like the werewolves, and then mm-hmm. my Goody Two Shoes character was like, "Oh, both sides seem so nice. I can't really, oh, I can't pick between the two. Where, and I was just like, really, the game was like dragging out the conflict because without my agency deciding who was going to be the, the winner of this conflict, then nothing was going to happen. And finally, if you just, like, wait around long enough, an NPC will, like, sacrifice himself mm-hmm. to, like, just end the conflict in the favor of, like, the forest elves, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's, like, so hard to, like, make, ch- like, bold choices like that because you want to appease everyone. At least I do. Just make sure everyone's happy. Except for that game, Catherine. Have you ever played that game? Um, uh, I'm, you know I'm about to start that game. The one where it's you're like, like you're like it's like a puzzle adventure. 
Yeah, um, the one where it's the guy that cheated on her. Yeah. He's like committing yeah, adultery. I went. Yeah, I'm about to start it. I went. Something. It's so. First of all, that game is awesome. I have it on the PlayStation 3. I played it. I was the worst person. I had no. I had no shame. No regrets. I was like, yes. I'm going to, I'm going to go down the path, this like evil, dark, demon path. I'm like, yes. This like succubus woman. <laughs> yes, please. Um, yeah, uh, that was the one game where I was like, I bought it. And my, my, Alan, my roommate at the time, was like, Whoa. <laughs> so I was just like, yep, <laughs> I don't care. Um, yeah, that's uh, so fun. You're going to love that game. It's I'm so excited. Good. I just haven't, like, I have a tendency to think lately, like, when I get up, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to spend, like, 20 minutes, like, playing some Mario levels while I drink coffee and not, like, get into a story. Mm-hmm. And then, like, six hours later, I'm like, still haven't beat 15 hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Catherine and I That's like... where my life is right now. But then I'm like, I keep thinking, like, if I'm going to, you know, do this, I should really, like, invest in something. Yeah. Catherine's, Catherine's the, the payoff is great. So, yeah. like, I hope this influences you. I hope you like go. Why down. are you looking at me? I hope me you like go that? down the path of darkness. Brian. Brian. <laughs> I am Brian Brian's when I'm evil. Brian's giving me like the worst looks right now, yeah. and he's. No, it's, it's good that the yeah the audience should know that there are some very sinister looks going yeah. around the table right now. <laughs> Dude, be evil and Catherine. It's so, be evil. It's so fun. Have you? You haven't played it. I have not played it. I I am an Atlas fan, but I have not played Catherine. Are you excited for Persona Five? I am. I am. I, I really enjoyed Persona 4 Golden. Yes. Mm-hmm. I really like that. And I it, I liked it so much I went out and got like Persona 4 Arena and Ultimax. Oh, yeah. And Dancing All Night. Oh, yeah, the like, <laughs> dancing, weird like dance-off version of that RPG. And they play it totally straight. They're like, no, this is a serious incident. <laughs> we have to dance. We have to get to the bottom of this mystery. <laughs> That's good. So it sounds like Everyone at this table is really hardcore about video games. I guess that's the impression that I get, at least. I think I'm faking it well. Yeah, I, it's, it's so... <laughs> you're faking it really well if it's, I'm going to wake up and then play six hours of Mario, maybe. <laughs> okay, fair point. Yeah, I, well, it's like, it's so interesting because, I mean, I, it used to be way more prominent than it is now. I mean, it is still pretty prominent. Like, it's still like a hobby I really enjoy, but, you know, um, I used to be like, as soon as a game comes out, pre-order. I don't pre-order. I used to pre-order a lot. Um, I don't do that anymore. So I always like this flip-flop or change of mind or wait for reviews that I've been burned before. Oh, I absolutely know. And I, I, I used to do that myself. And now I'm, I've gone to the whole other end and it's maybe worse. Like anytime like a Steam sale happens or like a huge like discount on a game where it's at like 10 bucks, it's like, I'm never going to play this game. I didn't like it when I saw the reviews, but it is $10. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I do that with movies too, where I'm like, I didn't, I liked this movie. I didn't love it. It's only seven bucks. <laughs> it's also would I want to just Netflix. watch? Would I want to just watch it again for seven dollars? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. So I I have movies that I'm like I bought and I haven't watched them, but they were such good deals. I'm yeah. still I'm still surprised that you even buy movies. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean That's I mean, a my fair brain point. is like, who buys DVDs well, anymore? Well, like, you can get everything. I'm that same way with. Somehow. I'm that same way with video games too. I like having the physical copy. I don't know. Like, I know it's all going digital. Um, you can just and games like Firewatch and things that are digital only. That's fine. But if I can get like a hard copy of it or like a special case and cover of it, then I want it. You know. 
I, yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. So I... Waste of money. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it sounded like you two had not met th- originally through a class or through, like, a training center together, that you had come together just, like, through friends of friends to make the show, which I think is a little bit unusual. Like, I, I feel like that, like, the training centers, the classes and stuff are a big breeding ground for these kind of productions mm-hmm. or, like, improv teams and stuff like that. So I was wondering, like, how did, first off, how did you meet, and then how did you decide you wanted to work together? Yeah, um, well, I, I, we met through our mutual friend, Kat McDonald. Um, if you're listening to this, Kat, hello. <laughs> um, hey, Kat. Right. Hey, Kat. <laughs> uh, but um, it, was, it was interesting, because me and Justine had never done anything comedy-wise together, ever. Um, we hadn't improvised together, uh, or... Um, done a sketch show together. I, I, the more we talk about it, the more that I'm like, yeah, you're right, that's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, well, we were going to do a show with Kat mm-hmm. and Bill. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the four of us were going to start working on a show, but then... A, a different Bill, by the way. A different Bill. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, a different Bill. Um, and we, like, met once or twice, but then, like, people started getting really busy, and that was, like, a year and a half ago. Yeah. And then I just kept seeing Brandon, and then we were like, well, if those fools are busy, let's just do something. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay. So we just, like, buckled down, got a director. Getting a director really helps you, like, actually do stuff. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it. Did you just ask Becca if she wanted to direct? Yeah, yeah. Um, we tossed around some ideas, and we both kind of were like, hey, uh, really respect Becca Barish, and uh, she has a really great eye, and she's a great performer, so... Um, and she was interested, and she uh, was looking for, like, a directing opportunity, too, so, um, you know, she was definitely on board. Uh, it's been great, a great process with her. I guess just uh, for, for myself and for the listener... Can you give me a high-level explanation of what the show is about? Mm-hmm. You want to go? Or... You can go. Okay, sure. Uh, so uh, it's it's a sketch show with me and Justine um, that is themed around the style of like uh, a video game adventure. So our audience is uh, the players, and they're helping guide us through um, the the journey of the show. Um, so it, it's really more of a through line and kind of a it's interesting because the show didn't start out like we didn't go into it thinking we want to make a video game inspired show. It just kind of naturally blossoms uh, from the material we were presenting and uh, the ideas we were shooting back and forth. It just kind of became the through line that kind of glued everything together. So um, it's, it's, it adds a really nice element and I think kind of grounds everything that we wanted to do. Uh, so um, yeah, it's a, it's like a, a 45 minute, sketch show uh, that uh, has this kind of audience interaction uh, video game presence through, throughout the entire thing. Yeah, so it's very, like, the gaming aspect of to our show is it's much more thematic than it is what our entire show is, like, based around. Because we have stuff in there that isn't necessarily directly related to gaming. It's just comedy based on, like, our experiences. Um, but it is something that, like, really at least gave us, like, the building box of, like, how we wanted our show to feel. We wanted it to be fun. We wanted to feel like people were going, like, a story with us as opposed to just sitting on that fourth wall. That, that's actually great because mm-hmm. a lot of the, the shows I'm aware of, at least, are totally, like, 100% video games. Like, hey, guys, let's talk about Pokemon, right? And, and, I, and I like that you guys are, are taking more, perhaps, orthodox, like, 
scene or sketch ideas and fleshing them out and then putting the, the video game theme on top of that. I think mm-hmm. that's a new direction to take it. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, and I, I think it helps make it less alienating. Because um, some people might look at a... If it's a video game-themed show and they're not really up and up on video games and they think it's a lot of inside baseball or whatever, then they're going to not feel as inclined to uh, go see it. Um, so uh, it, it's got a very, like like you said, kind of a video game theme that helps, but um, it's accessible still to people that are gamers or not, you know, so. Yeah, and I think, like, our gaming stuff that I think we do play off of is, is all kind of, like, broader ideas that it's, you don't have to be, like, a huge, detailed, like, well-informed gamer to, like, understand the, like, the general points that, like, we tenfold our show up. So, yeah. So, because I think, like, especially knowing, like, where we were doing our show, which is at I.O., um, and who we knew were, we were going to initially bring in anyways, we wanted it to be, like, enjoyable for, like, the crowd that we already have established throughout our careers here as it stands. Um, before I think we totally focused on, like, a 100% gaming show to reach out to a different community or broader. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just originally, how was this idea formed and developed? And I guess just kind of as a, as a add-on to that, was the, the video game aspect originally part of the idea, or did that come later? It, it did come later, um, pretty still pretty early on in the process. Uh, I'd say we had a few, like two or three pretty solid rehearsals with our director, our director, with our director, Becca. Director, director Becca. Call me director Becca. Becca Barish. Um, it was, we were a few rehearsals in before we realized that uh, there were a couple things. I think there were a couple scenes that kind of maybe hinted at video games or... Um, kind of played with the idea of video games. And I think it was Becca that originally thought like, hey, would you guys think about wanting this as a through line? Um, and so we got together more and um, thought about how we might want to formulate that as like one piece. Uh, and then it all kind of started falling together in terms of like, and then it was like the idea train was going up like, oh, we could we could do this and transitions can involve this. And, you know, um, we could have like video game music play in between each scene, blah, blah, blah. So we, you know, we kind of built a show. Um, it was early on in the process where um, we were able to keep it in the back of our minds, even while we were still writing scenes and whatnot. So uh, not initially, but a nice little surprise that we got to use for it. I, I mean, uh, Becca is a, a huge part of the Chicago comedy scene. She's mm-hmm. a huge wheel over at I.O. So, I mean, it, it, it makes sense that, yes, yeah, she, she might pick up on that and see, I mean, clearly you guys enjoy video games, and if it's coming through in the scenes, it's probably something that you can be passionate about and, and bring and draw out into a whole show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, now, each of you did describe, like, two different video game backgrounds, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, different experiences, different platforms, different genres that you prefer. Uh, did uh, I guess if, if you're uh, thematically talking about this, uh, then it might not apply as much, but did your deferring uh, background from video games affect how you came to like view the, the show in general or any scenes in particular? Well, yeah, I think that when we have like one scene that is a little bit more technical, that I think Brandon's background is a lot more than my background, because I say, I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but... There are, I think, also, we both have, like, that aspect of, like, growing up playing games, so I think we have, like, a lot of that stuff that is a little bit throwback to, like, basic Mm -hmm. video game style and, like, things that you can think of, like, what the Nintendo controller looks like, Um, like our boss fights and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. 
Now, at any point, I know earlier you talked about how the having it as a thematic approach would aid in maybe keeping the audience invested in the show. Uh, was there a point where you were concerned with the audience's familiarity with the the video games that you were referencing, or just the overall uh, theme? Uh, not really. There is there is one scene that is very like reference heavy. But that's where the comedy is, is that it's supposed to be, like, probably most of the audience is like, I don't know what half this stuff means, but it's funny because it's so specific. Um, so I, I don't think we ever worried about certain scenes being so kind of um, deep cuts uh, that people couldn't uh, kind of stay with it. Um, and when there, when there are deep cuts, it's for the sake of uh, bringing more humor to whatever scene. Yeah, we try to approach it in a way that it would be, if you even if you didn't understand what like the specific reference was, you would enjoy it visually or, you know, mm-hmm. like, however. Mm-hmm. Just as, like, an experience more so than, like, I don't know, trying an analogy. Well, I think about it that all the time with The Simpsons, <laughs> where there are episodes of The Simpsons or even just moments where they're referencing something and when I originally watched it, I had no idea what the reference was, mm-hmm. but I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And then years later, you're like, oh, that's what that was actually talking about. Like, mm-hmm. uh, do you, are you guys familiar with, like, the monorail episode of The Simpsons? Yeah. No. Uh, Brandon knows. Yeah. Uh, so this was a really early one in the in the series where uh, this guy play, uh, comes into town and he tries to sell a monorail to Springfield. And it turns out to be... Uh, that the monorail is all shoddy and that Homer is the conductor and he has to, like, save the town from this shoddy monorail. But it's presented initially as, like, a sing-along and a musical. And, like, years later, I was like, oh, that's the Music Man. This is just the Music Man that they're redoing, what with a monorail instead of instead of the guy from the Music Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 like, I like going back. And I, I feel like you can do that with a lot of classic like cartoons and stuff where or like i used to watch the looney tunes all the time growing up and you know when like uh bugs is like an impression or something at the time like i had no idea what it was referring to and then growing up being more aware of like actors and whatnot i'd be like oh my god yeah he's like being uh you know like frank sinatra or something and i i hadn't picked up on that when i was like five you know but it was it's still funny now i got that when i was five Okay. Well, right. <laughs> okay. So knowledgeable about Looney Tunes, not maybe yeah, not maybe not as much about the Simpsons. Now, were there any difficulties in producing uh, like a video game themed show? Was it important to maintain like a fidelity to the like the video game aspects of what you were doing? Mm, um, hmm. uh, like just as an example, like you know, in, in TV and movies, you might see like someone playing like on a controller and you're hearing like sounds from a, like an Atari from the seventies. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and you might see that in like 1998 or like 2008, but like clearly there's more to it than that. What was it important to like signify, Oh, that's the sound of a Commodore 64 or, <laughs> or something like that. Doesn't that like, no, I don't think we didn't get that like that detailed. Like we have like similar like jumping sounds and like kind of video game-ish type music. But I don't think almost everything in that that aspect I think we took as more of like an abstract point of view as opposed to like it needs to sound just like Mario or mm-hmm. it needs to sound just like But but I think we bears, did the, you know? some of the sound effects we did get are very like were chosen because they are recognizable. Like right. that jump sound is like when you hear the jump sound in the show you're like, oh yeah that's the video game jump sound that like Mario does. Right, but but I'm saying it's not specific 
I thought he was asked specific to Mario game, right? So uh, it's not like yeah. it's like a recognizable jump sound, but mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like from a specific game type. You know, I don't think we have that mm-hmm. in our shows. Yeah, I think directly representative of there's there's like again that one scene we have that's like very reference heavy where you know when I was writing out a lot of it I was like oh this has for my brain this has to make sense to me like mm-hmm. if we're if I'm talking about Fallout Four we talk about Fallout Four for like a minute I can't like talk about Fallout Four and then like pull things from another game so like there's like specific each like beat and that's I make true. I make Justine say a bunch of things that I'm like all like. Like a DualShock 4 controller, but then on stage I had a DualShock 3 controller, and I was like... I'm out! I'm out! I was like, you have to say DualShock 4 because Fallout 4 is not on the PlayStation 3, so you can't say DualShock 3. (laughs) (laughs) It makes no sense! But it says DualShock 3 on the controller! Yeah, because I don't want to bring my DualShock 4 controller to (laughs) I.O. DualShock 3, you can, like... An old DualShock 3 controller can, like, appear as a DualShock. (laughs) But it says DualShock 3 facing the audience. In a really tiny controller print. <laughs> People, like old audience members with those like crazy old binoculars. So, like, yeah. Mm. I feel like this yeah. this discussion may have come up before. That's what, I'm, what I'm hearing. Right, well, right. I referenced a DualShock 3 controller the first day in our show when I was on stage and Brandon got mad at me. And I was like, <laughs> Justine, can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's really good. That's really good. Don't you dare do that. <laughs> no. The general impression I get, though, is that you are working more to evoke a certain feeling and not necessarily tied to, like, a specific franchise, with uh, some exceptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, more, yeah, just tone, theme, that's mm-hmm. about it. Okay. Nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Nostalgia is a bit... The nostalgia factor is strong. We live in a nostalgia okay. He's like, overselling age. that. That's true. <laughs> Well, we, I, as, a, I mean, as a society, like nostalgia is like in full force right but now. But if that relates to you as a listener and makes you want to come see our show, I'm okay with the lies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 lies. <laughs> <I> never lie. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, well, <laughs> hey, Becca. <laughs> uh, so we got in the upper level uh, view of this of the show. So let's get down to the details. Okay, mm-hmm. where can I see it? When can I see it? How can I see it? <laughs> <laughs> it's at IO Chicago, which mm-hmm. is at 1501 North Kingsbury. It's in the Chris Farley Cabaret Theater there. Anyone can direct you. Um, it's on Friday nights at 10.30 p.m. for the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and this will go out uh, following Monday, so it'll be two two more two, shows. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Two more Fridays. Yeah, March 11th is the last Friday. Okay. Yeah. And then just uh, any other side projects or anything you'd like to plug right now? Oh, we should also mention um, we are paired with another show. Uh, it's called Brennan Duffy's Safe in My Own Head. So it's us and him. Um, so definitely come for both. Definitely stay for both. Uh, it's a great um, kind of double header there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be on first and then we're followed by uh, Brennan Duffy's show. And you just have to pay, it's one ticket for both shows. Yes. Oh, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, there's like a quick, like, five-minute intermission. And both shows are, like, 40, 45 minutes long. And yeah. his is really great. It's a musical, which is really mm-hmm. fun. It's a solo musical. It's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and then... Well, I play on a Herald team at I.O. called Fittest. Um, I mean, the best way to find our show schedule is online. Do you know? I don't know. I'll go, if you think of anything else, you let me know. Um, So uh, I'm on uh, the Herald Team Casual Encounters, where every Thursday at I.O. in the Jason Chin uh, theater. Um, So definitely come uh, check that out uh, every Thursday at 1030. 
Um, and then uh, I also have uh, my own podcast uh, called How Rude, uh, the Full House Podcast, um, where me and my buddy John Pernasek uh, go through each and every episode of uh, Full House with a guest from the Chicago comedy community. Um, and we actually have uh, a live recording here. Uh, this whole have already happened by the time this airs, but we are looking to have uh, future live recordings as well. So definitely um, you can find us on Facebook and on iTunes, How Rude, the Full House Podcast. So fittest at I.O. Chicago for Justine, mm-hmm. casual encounters at I.O. Chicago, and How Rude, the Fuller House podcast for Brandon. <laughs> Excellent. Nailed it. Nice. <laughs> well done. And uh, that brings another episode of So Many Bits to a close. Uh, we can be reached on Facebook, So Many Bits. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at So Many Bits. Uh, find us on iTunes. Please rate and review or on SoundCloud. And last but not least, please find us at secondwindcollective.com for this and other quality podcasts. Support independent art. The spirit of Dell compels you. <laughs> the spirit of Dell compels you. You made the counts in the sheet. One, two, three, get sucked in my sheets. Kore wa genji, so like a dream. Mazaru mixed the no corner cream. Tanagaru shikumi wa hand to hand. Shito tono kanke wa end to end. Gain ten to go, misleading ten to